0: and welcome to my podcast today I'm going to be talking about my favorite film in the entire world a little film called 500 days of summer this film probably has changed the trajectory of my life the After the first time I saw this film, I was like, oh my god, this film has literally changed me, I feel like I am finally complete, what the hell, my main purpose in life now is to tell everyone about this film, everyone needs to watch this film, (laughs) and so I've decided to finally start a podcast about it, and most importantly to share why I love this film so much, because I ask a lot of people to watch this film. Every time I meet someone new, I'm like, hi, I'm Jemima. My favourite film is 500 Days of Summer. Have you seen it? If you have, tell me all about it. Did you like this scene? Did you like this scene? And so it's just right for me really to um, say why I like this film so much. Since I have so much to say on this film though, I am going to break it up into three parts. So this is part one. In this part, I'll be talking about myself and my love for the film, about the writers and how it was made, as well as the character analysis and most importantly, the story. So let's begin. First of all, I wanna talk about myself and my connection to the film. Um, I probably watched this film when I was 17. It was one of those films that had been on my must-watch list for a while, I think after seeing it advertised on YouTube or Instagram or something. And because it was the um, Manic Pixie Dream Girl narrative, which I really liked at that time, I was like, yeah, go on, I'll give it a watch. How bad can it be? And I feel like after I watched this film, my whole life changed. Like my whole life just changed direction. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And I think it's mostly because I saw myself in the film. I saw myself as Summer. I could see myself becoming Summer. And definitely at that point in my life, Summer's summer's viewpoints about love and fate and all of this stuff were definitely in line with mine. And I also was, did have, in fact, a Tom in my life. In fact, when I showed the equivalent, uh, they were like, What are you on about? Like, Summer's obviously in the wrong. I was like, Um, honey, what are we saying here? And, um, but every time I would show a friend or something, um, this film I would always grill home after I'm like what did you think and all this stuff it got to the point where people were like yeah I know Jemima's favorite film it's 500 days of summer like what are you crazy like around my birthday I found the film in a charity shop and I bought it for like a pound I told everyone I knew and they were like Jemima we literally bought you this film for, for your birthday like what and then I like woke up on my birthday had like two of the same films now it's on Disney plus I'm like oh my god my life is complete so I've watched it too many times, I can even count. And um, this is why I feel like I'm qualified to uh, <laughs> talk about this film because I just, I know a lot about it. Let's put it that way. Let's start off with the writers. Uh, it was written because of a breakup. One of the writers, Scott, his uh, girlfriend broke up with him when they were in London and he came back home to Canada or I think he lives in Canada and he saw a DVD in his kitchen. It was called 32 Short Films About Glenn Gloud and he was like, oh my God, I have an idea. So he's got his friend on the phone. He got Michael on the phone. He was like, hey, hey, buddy. Hey, my old friend. How you doing? And... Um, He said, I've got an idea. Let's make a romantic comedy called 500 Days of Summer and base it off my tragic breakup. And they were like, yes, let's do it. Now, when they were writing the film, I think they got to about 150 page first act. And they were like, damn, damn, you know what, buddy? I don't know where we're going to take this. (laughs) I don't know what our climax is going to be. I don't know how we're going to make our character change his view on love or whatever and then the ex who broke up with him got married and this was only a couple months after the breakup happened and that is where they got summer's plotline from so the whole of the film although we don't know who jenny beckman is jenny beckman is the woman who starts the film off uh, it does a little narrator's or director's note and it says or even sorry not director's note writer's note and it says like this film is like dedicated to you jenny beckman you bitch um and that is how the film starts it starts off in a very revengeful tone which it just it, it definitely intrigues the viewer i can't say that i've seen any other films that start off on that in that way to be fair, we should all really be thanking the girl that broke up with him because it's made an absolute classic of a film. And let me just slide in another reason why I love it so much. I think it really shows the realities of relationships. Um, in most romantic comedies especially, it's all very like, lovey-dovey. It doesn't really show the truth and the realism of like what actually goes on behind the scenes. And I think because it is a breakup film, I think it can really go into depth about yeah life isn't perfect yeah you may be um you may be like dating this person but like they might not see the relationship going as well as you like there's two sides to every single story and not everyone has that happy 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 um I don't know say yes to the dress moment or whatever can't think of any films right now for some weird reason there's so many out there why can't I think of a single one (laughs) but yeah the writers almost also commented about how like they wanted their film to be very similar to that of like Harry meets Sally which I think it's done very very well like both of them are very like realistic I also would argue that the film has uh qualities from like before sunrise um and that whole trilogy in it with like the um cinematography and the way that it's filmed it's a very arty film let's put it that way Talking of Summer and Tom, I feel like it's about time that we get into those juicy character analysis. character analyses. that's a lot of S's. Um, and what their views on love, fate and destiny are and how these two lovebirds came together. Let's start there actually. Let's explain the story because here I am rambling on. Some of you might even not know what uh, 500 Days of Summer is about. So 500 Days of Summer is not a love story and they make that very clear to us in the beginning uh, with the narrator explaining who these two characters are. Tom is a hopeless romantic, his parents divorced, Um, he has a complete misreading of The Graduate where he believes that he now needs a soulmate. He's a sad boy archetype, he... um, very much is looking for someone who he can put all his views onto. Basically like a walking, talking, cool girl, kind of. Someone he can just admire. Someone he can project his intellectual laziness onto and not care about. But at the end of the day, he's also a very nice person. He's very, very passionate about architecture, but he's working currently in a card factory Um, At the end, he realises that this isn't what he wants to do. Let's level with America, he says. Let's not lie to them. Let's not put words into their mouth about love. Let's let people feel real things. But throughout the film, he does not do this. He falls for Summer. They end up breaking up because he doesn't listen to what she wants. And then he finds a girl called Autumn. And he also finds himself. It's a full circle moment, which we love. Summer who he meets along the way is a, another child from divorce, except she just doesn't care. She will cut off her hair and not care about it. She's a free spirit. She moved from Michigan to the card factory. That's where she met Tom. They both work there. She moved there because she was bored and she just wanted something new to do, which Tom can't really relate to. He's more stuck in his ways. But some are known. she's a free spirit. The narrator tells us that um, when she was in school, she put the and Sebastian quote of Colour My Life with the Chaos of Trouble as her senior quote and apparently spiked the records in Michigan. She also worked at an ice cream factory where... It was the best profits ever, she gets loads and loads of smiles on the buses, she gets apartments for a reduced rate, but overall she's very average, average shoe size, average height, but he also comments about Tom's view, about like, oh my god, in a city of millions of people, I have met my Summer, he is infatuated by this woman, and when I first watched the film, I was also infatuated by Summer, because she is amazing, She is arty, she does what she wants, she can sing, she's very straightforward. she believes in her views about love, and then, as the film goes on, she does get married at the end, which causes a massive disagreement between the two actually does it I don't know it it causes a little it causes a disagreement to the audience actually I would say um and in the end, she's a married girl. We don't actually know what she's doing at the end, but overall, what you need to know is these two people came into each other's lives. They loved each other, they broke up, and they rekindled, kind of I guess, and then they truly left each other's lives. That is the story, just a normal, normal love story story. when we first meet Tom and summer immediately, Tom is very, very interested in summer, like he even talks to his friend and he's like his friend tells him, like, oh, apparently, like, Summer's such a bitch, like, oh my god, and then Tom's like, oh, all the pretty girls are, that's so annoying, it isn't until they're in the elevator and Tom's listening to the Smiths, <laughs> what an iconic moment, eh, and uh, Summer goes like, oh my god, I love the Smiths, and Tom's like, you love the Smiths, she's like, yeah, And then she does she sings a little bit of the Smiths and boom Tom's in love. He's like, Oh my god, she's so cool, what the hell? And so our first conversation with Tom and Summer, they're at a leaving party and Summer's very interesting, like, Why are you working for vans? Why are you working in this greeting um card uh business? And Tom's like, Oh well I used to be an architect and she's like, Oh well, are you any good? And he thinks she's talking about greeting cards, but she's not talking about architecture. And as soon as that conversation's over, we also learn that Summer's a bit anal, which is a cheeky little little thing, just a bit cheeky. Um, And as soon as that conversation with Summer's over, Tom starts drawing architecture. Now, did Summer bring across that like love in him again did she feel that passion because that is a true manic pixie dream girl in the making there if she did feel that passion or is tom trying to decide between his dreams and summer he can only follow one passion because he does rub it out why why tom why are you rubbing out that amazing drawing huh but this is also a theme like tom is really really into architecture and so whenever him and tom are summer and tom are out um especially in the scene like where we get introduced to tom's favorite area to go in the city he starts drawing on summer like a like an art i don't know like a blank piece of paper he's like come on like let me put my art on you he's so obsessed with her like is summer real is this a whole thing who knows but especially in the scene where he's showing her all the architecture of the city there is this lovely romantic music behind that so it makes me think is tom's true love architectural summer does summer bring out the love of architecture in tom even every time we meet them especially on the way back to the wedding he's reading a book of architecture of happiness the book that tom gives summer the expectation of happiness is that same book it's like she fuels him but does tom fuel summer no he doesn't and that's because she's already free and she already knows what she wants One of the final points I want to make before wrapping this first section of the podcast up is I want to talk about the colours and clothes that the two main characters wear as well as talking about a bit about the other characters in the film and yeah. Because all of this, we have to remember, is from Tom's perspective. So let's start off with Tom, what he's wearing. His staple outfit throughout the whole film is a sweater vest, grey and brown with a grey and brown tie and just a white plain shirt. I think this is a good staple look for him, just because he's the one telling the story. And when I think back to my memories and when I'm telling stories, The focus on me is very limited. It's more about my feelings in that moment and how I saw the whole situation play out. So I don't really focus on me and what I'm wearing and all this stuff. Which I think is quite a good idea to keep him consistent throughout the whole thing by wearing very plain, similar clothing. Because I also think it shows as well to an audience that he doesn't really have much of a personality, honestly. His whole life evolves around everyone else in his life and... It's quite, it's quite a depressing guy, he, he doesn't really like Ringo Starr from The Beatles, he he has very negative views on the new and upcoming people in society, such as like, he talks to Summer about like, oh, I don't like the way that these new girls dress, I don't like the butterfly tattoos, all of this stuff, he likes listening to the Smiths, which are very, very depressing, hes he's kind of a Debbie Downer, And so we'll talk about Summer, and she's this girl who wears blue. She wears bright colours, beautiful clothes that are very colourful, which completely contrast Tom and what he's wearing. Blue can also signify that she is getting married at the end, but obviously for uh, blue, like, that represents uh, the wedding, and it's a really good foreshadow there. Also, like, the writers say that they put Zoo De Deschanel in blue because it really, like, makes her eyes stand out, which is quite a good point. She does look absolutely stunning in blue. But also the fact she's wearing, like, all these cutesy little, like, bows in her hair and and very, um, what's it called, like, tweed fashion? I can't think. It's very similar to tweed style, which is very popular in the um, early 2000s. I think the massive contrast between Summer and Tom's fashion really shows like why they didn't work out because they've got completely different colour palettes and at the end of the film Tom meets a girl called Summer who's also into architecture and her colour palette is the same as Tom's she's also wearing browns and greys. So I think that's also a little nod from the writers that these two will work better than Som and Tummer. S- Summer and Tom. <laughs> now let's talk about Tom's friends. Tom's friends are from the perspective of Tom. So all of his friends Uh, So you've got the funny friend who he works with, crazy man. Then you've got Tom's more reliable friend who's been in a long-term relationship, he's very serious, more so. You've got Tom's sister, who's meant to be very wise and full of advice, and that's who we meet. I personally think Tom has mummy issues, just the way he, like, apparently happens all the time, all these girls he's infatuated with, with Amanda Teller and stuff like that, what we hear about. I also would argue that Tom's a virgin because that dance scene after their first time, crazy. Actually, there's comment on that as well. That dance scene, everyone around Tom is in blue, which represents Summer, everyone around him. I think that's the real kicker, especially when the uh, Disney talking animal comes into view. I think that's the moment where he fell in love and was like, yeah, my whole world's gonna be around this girl. I think he just needs a backbone or he just needed to take a step back and be like, right, why am I so obsessed and is it the right reasons to be so obsessed? Hmm. I think the most honest scene in the whole film is when someone comes knocking at his door after he punches that guy in the club and says she's sorry and that she just doesn't want a relationship and that no one can give him the satisfaction of you will not leave. And I think that's really honest of her to say that. Not great, because it does mean that they're still... What are we? like? I get Tom being like, I, I just want to know we are. But for him to have gone and punched someone and for her to still come around and say, I'm sorry, very bold. Do we think he recognised why he punched that guy? Do you think Scott, I assume, I don't know whether this is based on truth or not, but do you think he recognised that that was wrong when making the film? Because that's the one part in the film where I'm like, oh, honey... That wasn't very good. But yeah, overall Summer's so much better, better than Tom. She she deserves so much more. But at the end they both get what they want. Tom finally finds his passion again and Summer gets married. Now, do we like that Summer got married? If we're basing it on the truth that his ex-girlfriend got married, yeah, sure. Why not wrap up the revenge story? And maybe it is good she did because she was the one who was anti love and she was the one her character developed and now she is in love and all of this stuff. I also did kind of just want to see her. I don't know. I wanted to make sure that she, her. It's hard, it's hard. I think I like the ending for her overall because it shows that you can be this feminist archetype and get what you want but you can also fall in love and get married and live that kind of life because in Hollywood films there is this thing where it's like if you're a single woman you have to be career driven there's no way you can fall in love but she did. She did that happily and I do not hate her for it. She does what she wants. Anyway, thank you for listening to this podcast. I think I'll leave it there and the next two that are coming out will be more in depth of certain scenes and what i think about them and how a reflection of society but thank you for listening and see you next time goodbye everyone